brought to you by Guatney Chevrolet at the Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville. This is Guatney Unplugged with Scott Romine. Hey, one of my favorite things, theme parks, is a topic today on the show. We're talking with Dalton Fisher. He's with Silver Dollar City. Everybody knows about this place up there around Branson. How are you, Dalton? Hey, I'm doing well. You know, I wish everybody knew about the place. Our recent visit to Little Rock, I was surprised at people who had never made the short trip up to 65 to check us out. It's not that far. <laughs> it's really not. It's three hours. It's on 65 Highway. You are in Missouri, but I love making the drive to Little Rock because it's just such a beautiful drive. I mean, it's not just this interstate flat blah. I mean, it's full foliage, the mountains, the Ozark Mountains. You can see the Boston Mountains in the background. It's awesome. You know, I, I've only ever been to Silver Dollar City twice. I, I, once a couple of years ago, and once when I was a little kid, maybe about 85 or so, I'm sure it okay. is hugely different. But it, would there be anything left from that era that's still functional today? Sure. We have Marvel Cave. That's been around for, for centuries, uh, millennia. That's what really started the park was uh, a cave tour, commercial caving that, that went all the way back to the 1890s up until the Hershen family bought that cave in 1950. And then Silver Dollar City became what it is today in 1960, a decade later. But the cave is really what started everything here. Missouri is the cave state. What also makes us special is all of what the state calls show caves. So those are caves that you can take a tour. And to this day, we're still giving tours in Marvel Cave every single day. It's included in your park admission. We also do a special lantern light tour down there. So that's still around. And, of course, Fire in the Hole. Um, if people have heard of Silver Dollar City, if they've been, they know about Fire in the Hole. That's our indoor roller coaster. It kind of tells the story in a way of the area of the Ozarks that we're in and the actual town that used to be uh, standing where Silver Dollar City is today so that's still around and you will find that most of the layout of the park is is the same um the saloon show is also still here it's celebrating its 50th anniversary this year so there's plenty of little things you'll find maybe that have even changed we have the flooded mine which it now has a sort of a uh, arcade element to it i believe it was added in around the early 90s where you're shooting targets and, and having fun but in the in the early days when that ride was built um it was just a nice little meandering mine ride if you will so that's still here too i mean there's there's plenty of things that you'll probably recognize but as you've said it has changed monumentally and continues to change throughout the years when you say originally it was like a cave tour wasn't there some thought of like a theme of a mining town or something that was incorporated into that tour right if we go all the way back to before 1950 and we talk about the hershen family who who purchased the cave in 1950 they had vacationed in this area from chicago um, every single year they fell in love with the beauty of the mountains and even the people um, of the ozarks here and they loved it so much that mary and hugo after they retired hugo was a vacuum salesman from chicago he purchased the cave from the lynch family um, and once they purchased the cave the lynches had been doing caves in our tour um, or tours in our cave for for many years and it was more archaic back then you would go down our sinkhole uh, on an actual wooden ladder then you'd put on a pair of coveralls and slide down our debris pile to get to the bottom what the hershens did is they added a steel tower with concrete steps concrete walkways and all that sort of thing that's what made it more traversable but what they realized was a lot of people were coming to visit the cave so much so that lines would be to begin to form. So what they decided to do was 
create something for those guests to do while they were waiting in line for the cave. And so you now have what is Silver Dollar City. And the reason it's a mining theme is that cave mined um, for many years. They mined bat guano. If you don't know what bat guano is, I'll let you Google that. But essentially, bat (laughs) guano was used to make fertilizer. It was used to make explosives. um, And they were mining it. Um, by the ton. Now, this is before even the Lynch family, so you're talking 1880s at this point. Um, A company was mining the guano out of it. They were convinced that we had marble and that we also had lead in our cave. Um, So while they're looking for that, they were mining the guano. You could mine a ton of guano for $700. That's the equivalent of a little bit more than $20,000 today. Um, So they were doing that, uh, looking for the marble, looking for that uh, led so much so that they actually called the cave Marble Cave um, back in the day. Ah. They convinced that they found it. And, uh, well, all the guano was gone. They sent a geologist down to find that marble, and they realized what they thought was marble this whole time was actually limestone, which limestone is basically worthless to mine. I mean, there's no reason to really mine it. You don't get much of a return on it. So this village that had been formed at the top of the cave uh, with all these people living in it was called Marble Town. This is when the guano operation was at its fullest. Uh, they realized, well, there's no reason to stay here. Um, all the guano is gone. You cannot really farm anything easily in the, in this area of the country. Um, so they re- abandoned the town, the town of Marble Town, which became to be known as Marmaros, which is Greek for of marble, um, was abandoned. Um, and that is what Silver Dollar City to this day is still based on. And even back in 1960, it's based on that mining town. They found some original foundations of a mill. Um, Sullivan's Mill sits on that foundation. Um, and that's our main town square is that modeled after that original town. But what the park does is throughout your walk through the park, uh, nearly 100 acres here, um, everything goes back to mining in some way, sure. whether it's a different district of the city, whether it's a different area, it's all based in the 1880s. We, we, we have historical fiction. We, we have fun with it, right? There's some Hatfield and McCoy talk that goes along uh, throughout the park. We have our Grand Exposition, which is 10 Kids Ride. That's based on the 1883 World's Fair that happened in St. Louis because um, that's what you would celebrate in the 1880s. And so that you know celebrates innovation, that sort of thing. Wonder. Um, we have a steampunk section, which, you know, steampunk's not a real thing, but it's based on Jules Verne's writings, who was alive in the 1880s and would have been re- uh, writing books like 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea, um, books like Around the World in 80 Days. And so that area of the park um, really speaks to that. We have a fireman's landing portion of the park, which um, inspires our guests to volunteer in their own community, communities, but sp- especially children, in instilling that value in them. It's 10 family rides, all firefighter-themed. Uh, we've got Mystic River Falls. That's based off of a real river that exists in our Marvel cave today. Um, we don't know where the headwaters are to that river, that real river. We've done dye tests. We can't find it. But that finds itself in the park of you riding the water ride Mystic River Falls. So it all – Every single ride has some sort of homage, and if you ask me about every single ride, I could tell you, and I could get really granular with it. But that's that's what makes us special. We're we're a theme park. We're not a a parking lot park. We're not an amusement park. Uh, everything that we build is made for the topography of our region. Our coasters are built into the mountains. They're custom built. This is not like us going into a catalog and picking a roller coaster or anything yeah. like that. We're, we're very we're very specific and we're we're very uh, intentional with these rides that we build, whether it be a small ride for the family or a, a record-breaking roller coaster. Dalton, is it Silver Dollar City that truly established Branson as this destination? Was it before all of the shows? And I guess it 
started Branson pretty much? I would say that Branson was, you know, always known as a vacation destination, even back as far as the the post-Civil War. I mean, you have the White River, which is now Table Rock and Tadicomo because it was dammed. But you had the White River. Folks were coming for a vacation down here to do river tours on the White River. Uh, folks were coming down here for the beauty of the the mountains themselves. They were coming here to see the wildflowers in the area. And, and also – they were coming to see the people of the area. Crafting was very popular here um, because it was a way to make money. I mean, people would tour down here because of how it looked and and the beauty of it, but they'd also encounter these people who made their lives making these crafts. And so I think that is really why people flocked to this area originally. Um, you also had, like I said, all of these caves um, in Missouri, and some of these caves were used in this area to play music. So could have a cave that would be 60 degrees year-round whether you're in the winter or in the summer um, you could play music and invite people to have really a an amphitheater of itself and, and watch a performance so that was also going on but i think there was there's there's so much down here that all played together at the same time you've you've got silver dollar city in the cave tour you've got the 76 strip as it's called now um highway 76 that would have uh different music groups that would that would family groups that would come oh, yeah. and, and would really really play their their songs and and became known the presleys are one example the bald knobbers are not around anymore that was another one the mabe family of, of the bald knobbers um that was popular uh but throughout the years it's just little things that would happen or big things i should say honestly that that made it become more and more of a vacation destination you had of course in the late 80s or 90s you had the country music boom with all of the stars moving here um, and doing residencies here um, you had a huge piece by 60 minutes around that time that really put branson on the map but back in the 1970s you had the beverly hillbillies um, actually shot eight episodes of their show here at silver dollar city because in that show it is canon that um the family is originally from silver dollar city so they were coming here <laughs> to get ellie may a, a suitor and so that's really probably what put, put our park on the map was those eight days that was shot here at the park um, looking for that suitor so there's just all of these big events that culminated and would slowly slowly add on to each other but i do think it comes back to the beauty of the area and how in touch with nature we are um and really there's no setting really anywhere in the country i would say where you have a theme park of our size music shows uh, the lodging the spectacular golfing that we have in branson um i mean you could Talk for hours on that. I am fascinated to learn that there is something canon related to the Beverly Hillbillies. Can you tell us about that again? That's right. The Beverly Hillbillies, they shot eight episodes here at Silver Dollar City at Earthing Park. What year? What Ellie year? Bay, what year maybe did I, that happen? I believe it's the early 70s. I, I don't know the year off the top of my head. Okay. Um, the episodes still exist. We actually have that. A DVD here on Park you can purchase if, if you're really passionate about that, um, that you can see those episodes. Um, but it is canon that Ellie May and her family, they are from Silver Dollar City originally. They came back this way to find Ellie May a suitor uh, when it was time for her to get married. And in fact, our our master candy crafter, her name is June Ward, um, go all the way back to when those episodes were being filmed. She was a stand-in for Ellie Mae. Um, so there's even a connection there. And she still works here uh, nearly every day. She's our master candy maker, making peanut brittle, uh, making pico flake, making fool's gold. Uh, you're going to probably ask me what all those things are. These are 
1880s era candy and we make them homemade here every single day. She's still doing it to this day. That is incredible. That's incredible. I, uh, I, I'm kind of just amazed about the whole cave tour. I have been to the park twice. I never knew there was a cave tour. <laughs> yeah, we have this massive cave, like literally right underneath the park. And like we were saying, that that's what started the park. That's what the original reason why people came here. The, the theme park would not exist if it was not for Marvel Cave. It has the largest entrance room, one of three in the entire country. You could take the Statue of Liberty, Liberty from her base to the top of her torch and fit it inside of our cathedral room. I mean, it's absolutely massive. Um, you'll traverse over 700 stairs down. You'll take about 200 up. And then you'll ride at the very end one of the country's only vernacular railways that actually turns. So it's not like a straight shot. You take this ah. train car, essentially, that does this gigantic 180-degree turn out of the cave. So um, it's not a, an extremely strenuous trip, um, but it's not an easy one either. But it is definitely something that I think every guest of our park should experience at least once and really get an understanding of why the park exists and and really why Missouri itself is is always been known as the cave state. We've even flown hot air balloons down there. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> and we, we've, we've broken the record for, I believe, most hot air balloons flown in a cave, which that's a very specific record, but I yeah. think it was three or four at one point. Um, so maybe we'll break it again in the future. Who knows? You never know. So I turned 50 this year, and so does the saloon. I guess it was built there in 1973. What are the details on that, and what are you doing to celebrate that? Well, it's the 50th uh, anniversary of that show. It's similar to our Coaster Fire Hole. It's, it's just got such a following and such a belovedness for many of our guests who have visited us. What we're doing is we're doing a special number during that show. The show itself is called Roots and Coons, um, and that's a show that's happened before as well. We kind of rotate the shows out. Uh, some are familiar, some are a little bit different at times, but we've got a special number in there that plays to all of the different performances we've had throughout the 50 years. There's Easter eggs, if you will, um, if you have been to that show before and you have a, a likingness to it. Um, but we're celebrating there. It's just an awesome time. We've got some updated things inside um, to make it look a little more fresh, but we still offer root beer floats. We still offer popcorn and even peanuts. We have peanut shells all over the floor. If you, if you, have, if you want some peanuts, we can get that for you too. <laughs> but it's a great performance, and it's also in the air conditioning, which is great in the middle of the summer here in the Ozarks. What are some of the original rides? Are any of them still functioning? Is, is this fire, uh, fire in the hole or whatever? Is that one of the original rides? No, fire in the hole is not uh, fire in the hole is 51 years old. And our park dates back at this point, 63 years. Um, really our original ride at the park was a stagecoach um, drawn by horses. We would take guests. This is in 1960. Mind you, we would take guests down through the Ozarks into the wood, into the timber on the back of a horse-drawn stagecoach. So <laughs> that is obviously not there anymore. Um, but as far as the originality question, the, the spirit of many of the rides are, are still here and still around. Um, the, the mine ride is a great example of something that, that was here for a while um, and kind of had a refresh and became the flooded mine. Um, our American Plunge is our log flume ride. It was actually originally a ride called Jim Owen's Float Trip. And you can see some of the original channel if you know where to look. Um, from that ride. But as the park has grown, 
um, capacity becomes an issue when you talk about um, rides and, and attractions. And so we've had to continually reinvent ourselves to make sure we could put enough people on rides so that, you know, our lines are manageable. Um, and so that the guest experience is as top notch as it can be. So you'll see around the park, um, if you, if you're an aficionado like I am and you love the history of the place, um, you will, you will know where some of these old rides were and what their old names were, but we try and, like I said, put little hints at what those rides were in the past and, ah. and little little hints to our guests so that they know, oh, I think this was, or, oh, do you remember riding? Things like that. That's pretty neat. So do you guys get into what these other parks do, like e-tickets and fast passes and, you know, wearing a bracelet? And a, how do you manage that? Or are you able just able to, to deal with the, the crowd and the line size naturally? So we do have a general admission ticket that's good for any day of the year. We also offer a season pass. Season pass is less expensive than two visits. So that's always something to consider. If you're going to come up twice a year, um, definitely invest in that. The average guest here is going to visit us once a year and then also once during our granddaddy festival, which is an old time Christmas. That's a USA Today top festival named best holiday event in the country. But uh, to go back to your question, we also do offer a couple different passes. One is called a trailblazer. The other one is a super trailblazer. So the trailblazer gets you a finite amount of rides where you can skip the lines. So I believe you get eight, skip the lines and you can choose where to use those eight um, throughout the park. So maybe you want to ride time traveler, North America's fastest, steepest, tallest spinning coaster. You want to ride that twice. You can use the trailblazer there to skip the line twice throughout the day. Uh, maybe you want to use it over at wildfire, one of our multi-looping coasters. Maybe you want to use it um, to ride the flooded mine. Like I mentioned, there's, there's so many different uses for it. Um, we also have a super trailblazer and that is more so um, unlimited line skips all day long. So if you think, and I think maybe it appeals towards those who don't visit us very often. So think eight plus hour drive, something like that. Um, they said, we don't know when we're ever going to be back, but we love the place. We want to fully experience it. Uh, that's a great option for them um, because they're able to skip the line all throughout the day. Um, unlimited uses on that. The only thing we, we uh, pull back on on those passes would be Mystic River Falls. That's our rafting ride for the whole family. You get soaking wet on it. But for both of those trailblazer passes, you get one use per day on that. Our sponsor, Guatney Chevrolet, also offers a trailblazer. I mean, it's just odd. <laughs> Isn't that crazy how that That's works right. out? <laughs> how it works out, you know. I mean, you know. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, when did you get into the water park business? Was that something kind of on the horizon for a while, and then that is a separate deal? Well, so Silver Dollar City is part of Silver Dollar City Attractions, uh, and that's also part of Hershen Family Entertainment. So Hershen Family Entertainment is the high corporate side there in Atlanta, Georgia, um, and they're over both our park, um, Dollywood, and some other parks. Uh, we also own the Harlem Globetrotters inside of that Hershen Enterprises. But um, all that to be said, I, I think Whitewater, our water park, came about in the early 80s, and it was – just sort of a, a, a need that our guests wanted. Um, other parks were offering water parks throughout the country, and it does get very hot. It gets hot in Little Rock. It gets hot here in the summer. And not only hot, but we have that hot, sticky, humid heat that, that no one likes. We don't have that awesome dry heat that maybe some others have. So Whitewater is an awesome opportunity to cool off. Um, 
And it's really that opportunity for families who maybe want to visit a water park one day. Maybe they want to visit our park two days or our park one day, vice versa. Um, but it just allows us to expand the products that we're able to offer and ex- extend that wonderful guest experience that we have at Silver Dollar City to our other properties. Not only do we have Whitewater Water Park, that's our 13-acre water park. It's got a Polynesian sort of tropical theme, but we also have a campground and we also have a dinner cruise to show about Branson Bell. So those four properties all operate together. Um, I'm employed by all four, technically. I'm, I'm sort of the, the publicist for all four properties as uh, how that works. But um, it's all designed to give you the same experience that you would expect with Silver Dollar City being the flagship. You should have the same wonderful guest experience, the same expectation for cleanliness, friendliness of our hosts. You're going to find that at all four properties. Hey, real quick, give us a website where somebody can go on and get their tickets and look at your schedule and that kind of good stuff. Yep. SilverDollarCity.com. It's very easy. You're going to have everything I just mentioned, Silver Dollar City, Whitewater, Showboat, the campground, all four things are on there. Everything you'd possibly want to know, you'll find it there. Um, Is it true that Fire in the Hole is in like its last season? It is. This is the grand finale year of Fire in the Hole. That's our indoor roller coaster here at Silver Dollar City. It probably has a large following in your family if you've been to Silver Dollar City. For for many of us loyalists, our our parents took us on it. Our grandparents took us on it. In some folks' cases, even their great-grandparents took them on this ride. Um, it's an indoor roller coaster that predates even Space Mountain. So wow. we're calling it we're calling it America's most historic coaster. That's our own term we came up with. But um, we call it that because we know all of the memories that families have had on this ride. If you look at the ride itself, uh, it's through dips inside of a, a building is what it is. But what makes it special and what makes it so unique is that it tells the story uh, of the town that was here before Silver Dollar City existed. Uh, we talked about Marmoros. We talked about Marble Town. That That is what that ride consists of. And so the history is a little bit fragmented, but I will tell you that the amount of people I've seen wanting to ride this ride is, is, is monumental. Um, I think there were, were days I can remember growing up where when I was coming here before I worked here, you could just ride the ride and, and move on. It was just kind of a walk on. And now to see the amount of love that this ride has um, with people lining up with their families to get one last ride. Um, it's incredible. It's open until December 30th. So you've got plenty of time, but I don't also want you to think you can waste your time because it is going away after December 30th. So we've got a special sort of on-ride photo we've set up. We don't have cameras in the ride. So what we did is we took a front car from one of the trains. We put it outside and you can pretend you're riding the ride. We've got the iconic um, scene from the ride where the town is on fire in the background. But um, it's something you've got to do if you've not been here before, um, especially if you're interested in history and especially if you if you love amusement parks and theme parks, you'll love this ride itself because like i said it predates space mountain the technology um even itself has evolved over the years but to think that this has been here for more than 50 years i think it blows a lot of people away well like where does the decision come from to close something like that is it just getting harder to maintain or find parts or and what's going to replace it i think for parks across the world those are questions that come up when they think about losing an attraction or or getting rid of one we could say but you know for us we have a lot of investment coming down the pipeline um, hundreds of millions of dollars i can say in the next 10 years i can't say exactly what it is yet um, but i can tell you that as we look at some quite frankly 
incredible things on the horizon as we continue to grow and, and continue to become a destination park. You know, we get over 2 million guests here wow. through the gates a year um, from all over the country and literally from all over the world. We have to be forward thinking in the products that we are providing our guests and that experience. And so if you look at Fire in the Hole, a ride that can take 12 people at a time through the cycle, um, that gets difficult to to um I wouldn't say justify, but I don't think it's in line with where the park is headed um, with these visitors that visit us each year. So uh, what I can tell you is that we're always great about providing that great experience to our guests and always providing something for them to come back for. I, I don't think um, our guests will be disappointed in the years to come, even with this guest staple as it will leave us this year with it being the grand finale year. But something will be in its place somewhere down the road. We always are able to add continually to the things that we offer. I can tell you that we've bought hundreds of acres um, next to Silver Dollar City that lines up right next to Table Rock Lake. That's the federally protected lake in this area. So things are on the horizon, uh, and that is public knowledge that we purchase at. I just can't say what it is at that t- at this time, but what I love about working at this park and what I love about our guests is we always have fun with what's on the horizon. You know, we could, if we're constructing something, we could just build a big picket fence and call it good. Uh, but what we do is we make sure the fences in front of our construction, there's little holes in the fence. We want people to kind of peer through. We want people to maybe put their cell phone camera into that hole and try and figure out what are we doing. We always have fun with with those announcements. It's one of my favorite parts about working here. Um, so there is something on the horizon. Um, there is always continual investment in this park, and there will be new things constantly coming out. Just can't say what it is at this point. So stay tuned. Stay I've, tuned. I've heard it's Larry the Cable Guy's Tilt-A-Trailer. Is that, is that that's not <laughs> well, true? Well, I... Well, I've heard the world's largest Dollar General from from what I from what I've heard, but we will we will see if that's if that's truly what's being built. Yeah, the, the gigantic one, like the Mall of America size Dollar General. Oh, that would be yeah, perfect. sort of like those hypermarts that Walmart had. They were trying back in the nineties. You know, Dalton, that's got to be a major undertaking to develop. Like you said, your rides are incorporated into the geography. Uh, there must be years before an attraction is built just in the research and development of the thing. Truly it's the research and the development. Like you said, the geography, the topography, the location of the ride, the theme itself. Um, that's a huge undertaking. It's not like someone just comes up with a name and, you know, we don't have, that's a great example. We don't have a ride called the tilted world. We wouldn't do that. Um, our rides have names that take months of formulation and really harken back to the history of this area. You know, we, we think about what would someone in the 1880s potentially could have experienced and how can we modernize it into a ride experience? And I think before all of that, the research and development, the theme, the top priority is safety of these rides. And so that's also what takes the most time making these rides as absolutely safe as possible for anyone visiting us throughout the world. Um, but as we get closer to those dates, names start to come up. As And when I say dates, I'm talking about when we want to do capital expenditures. Um, these names come about, these themes, these ideas for what the ride could be. A lot of the time it's, okay, we know that we want a ride that appeals to all families. Or we want a, a ride experience that might be this tall or this fast or have this unique feature. And then 
throughout the literal years, we will get proposals from different ride manufacturer companies from all over the world, um, giving us their idea of what, what they think they could do. And then the construction begins. Of course, before that, you have surveying and all that. You have ride commissioning after the construction. Um, it, it's just such a monumental task. And and I say all over the world, these manufacturers um, are, are fastest, as tall as spinning coasters still in the, in all of North America, time traveler It opened five years ago. Um, that was with a company out of Germany, um, outlaw run our wooden roller coaster. Uh, it's got three inversions. It's the only in the world to go upside down three times made out of wood. Uh, that coaster was made in Idaho. Um, whereas our mystic river falls ride was made in Switzerland and, and we did some ourselves, some of our own work on that. So, um, it all, it's just so interesting to see where these companies, come from their history and their story. Um, even the one that did time traveler, they've been around since the 1700s, literally making wagons and they're a family owned business still. So it works well with us being still a family owned business. Um, and that's what is so unique about our park. But yeah, I mean the, the amount of work and planning and teamwork that goes into making these rides happen, you are talking literal years. Yeah. And you know, the thing about it is as long as silver dollar city has been around, Obviously, you operated for tens of years, purely mechanical things. And the things you're building now, I'm certain Time Traveler probably has a computer room. Am I wrong? Time Traveler uh, has two magnetic launch sections using um, linear synchronous motors. So we have a whole electrical room. Um, just to power those two electrical launches. I mean, it's like it's like an entire building that was constructed just from the power pole and 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 also keeping that power in reserve banks just to do that. I mean, the time traveler has an entire touchscreen interface. I mean, the amount of technology that goes into these rides to keep them safe, to keep them efficient, um, is is unbelievable. Um, and and all of our rides are going to be up to date as far as safety standards that are in place. And that's what's so great about this place that. Um, as as technology evolves, you know, we're continually retrofitting things. As new technology comes about, um, we're continually ensuring that everything that's happening is state of the art technologically, but also as far as safety is concerned. Um, and so that really is where sort of the modernism meets the 1880s mining theme. You might see some of our rides, and they might look to be, you know, something that uh, was was whipped together to fit the theme of of the area. But on the other side of the wall. The amount of computers, sensors, everything controlling these rides is really, uh, I mean, computer room, I don't even think encapsulates some of these rides. <laughs> Probably not. Hey, give us the website one more time where people can go on and get their tickets and plan their trip. Silverdollarcity.com. It's got everything there, including your hours. Man, thank you so much. Dalton Fisher with Silver Dollar City. We'll be right back here on Guatney Unplugged.